Hello, hello. This is our first podcast. Actually, we tried a little test run earlier. It didn't work because my recording malfunctioned and only realizes at the end. So we are somewhat doing this again. And um, as we start the podcast, we don't know what the title is, what we're going to call this. We don't know what we're going to talk about. We don't know. Oh, well, except for today, because generally speaking, we don't know what we're going to talk about because um, we're not planning, we're not pre-planning any of these things. We're going to just basically talk off the mic. And we might call this Controversial Corner because this is going to be controversial topics, right? Yes. Okay, so we have to be clear. Are we going to use our real names? <laughs> I'm not scared. Are you scared? Not so about scared. It's a question of um, just being wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. The reality is I'm going to, I'm going to forget. I'm going to call you by your name and call me by my name. Yeah. And so, you know what? But as we get started... I think um, we just need to let everybody understand this is our first time. We are experts in every field. <laughs> of course we are. <laughs> <laughs> so, but your uh, passion really is? Uh, my passion is the Word of God. Right. Um, I love the Word of God. Um, self-taught. Um, when I say self-taught, let me be clear. It's Holy Spirit taught. Uh, been sweat and tears. Um, through lots of fasting, lots of prayer, still got lots to learn. Let me be clear. The day that we can empty out hospitals uh, at will is the day that we know something. Okay. Until then, we I always say that we are more blessed than we deserve. We receive more mercy than we normally give, and are we super thankful and grateful to the Lord? And uh, again, we need to self-reflect all the time. Can we improve? What should we do differently? So even though we share things, um, I just hopefully people take it in the light that it's meant. And it's, it's going to be banter back and forth, and we'll see where, where it ends up. Like so, a famous saying, we chew the hay, you can chew the hay and spit out the sticks. Exactly. That was, I think it was Ken Hagen that mentioned that once. So I'm going to ask you the question. So what do you... What do you now, I know you, you homeschool. You ran for, um, what was it again? Provincial uh, Member of Parliament and, and, and Municipal Councillor. Okay, so those, that was recently. And, you, and the reason why you did that was because you were tired of seeing what's going on. And frustrated on. With, with what was happening in the world and, and that I felt like voices of righteous men and women were not being heard and there were no options. And when people said that they were conservatives I didn't really see their conservative viewpoint and so felt like the, the the word of God needed to be represented and that's what I was there for but other than that homeschooler and my and I have a, a side hobby or passion for uh, what's going on in the world and what difference I can make and how I can teach my children and others in my circle of influence uh, to to make a difference in the world and this I know sometimes when people think homeschooler, they think, oh, that you're uneducated. You need to understand that, uh, what is your education? You know, when people say uneducated, I don't really care. I actually think that the less educated you are, the probably the better that you can homeschool your kids because you don't have all the garbage added on. But, um, yeah, I do have a university degree and a postgraduate degree. And I, I worked in the corporate world. I've worked in the public sector, the private sector. So... I mean, but that doesn't really mean anything. The bottom line is the Lord is the one who gives me the wisdom, and and my passion is 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 
I would say I'm more an expert on current events than you, and you're an expert in the Word of God. But we both love the Lord and 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 want to see how we can bring those two things together. And so, so why are we why are we doing this? Because we think people need to hear our invigorating conversations about <laughs> current topics, and so we thought it'd be a good place to start. Sneeze. Go. <laughs> Excuse me. Okay. Well, you know. Like this is going to be raw, right? There's, there's going to be a few editing points, um, but it's not going to be a lot. Um, is everything okay? Yes, go. Keep, okay. keep talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, as we mentioned, I think I think it's going to be a good going back banter back and forth. There's going to be something that we're going to be disagree on the different approaches. But the thing is, we both love the Lord, right? That's right. I, I, I you and I, we love Yeshua. He's a foundation of life. We've been Christians for I don't know twenty something years. I've been a Christian for 28 eight years. Yeah. Right? You've been 20 Christians for about 26, Seven. 27 years. Yeah. So we... Oh, 24. Sorry, 24. 24. Uh, uh, yeah. 1998. Okay. 25 years. Okay. So we've been a Christian a, a while. We've been in various denominations. We've been different churches. We've been to um, various courses. But the sinner of all sinners. Yeah, and, and the reality is, I know people say to me, um, when I speak to people of the world, I'll say, I'm a member of Menza. And that impresses them. But the reality is, that shouldn't be impressed people. No. So the reason why I, I say this is because even though I could say that you had a six-figure uh, digit salary, six-figure salary, you gave it up to homeschool, huh. right? And, and uh, for me, it's, it's really been a blessing, Right. And and I'm glad you're saying that. Good to hear. <laughs> and so as we we do this back and forth, again, this is our first time. We don't even know what we're going to call it. I think. But uh, I mean, it's not our first time sharing things. I mean, you you've pastored a home church, and you we've been elders, and we've led ministry things. So it's just a matter of sharing things you and I discuss uh, with others to help give them some food for thought. Is really what it's about. Food for thought, and also. So that you don't feel like you're the only one thinking these things, and and obviously you know what are some solutions? How yeah. how do we resolve some things? Okay, so and some of these topics are going to be controversial. Yes, um, and we go and down rabbit trails. Yeah. <laughs> so so let's get started. Okay, so um, so I have something that I can ask you because it's been heavy on my heart from the week. Okay, so firstly. I don't know if we're going too deep, but we need we have we have to pray before we start. Oh yes, yes, yes. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day that you provide for us. You have blessed us abundantly above all we can ask or think. And I pray, my Father, for everybody listening, that you touch their hearts, you help them bring them closer to your son, Yeshua, and you help our hearts as we reflect on your word. And uh, please touch your people. Touch your people. In Yeshua's name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Okay, so um, you said something was rough this week okay first just give me some context some background uh so context is that i know obviously have a lot of different uh friends in different places uh christians in different denominations and as you know christianity has been divided into different denominations probably since since jesus time and so i have noticed that a big issue that seems to come up is the question about the the validity, reliability of the Bible. 
And uh, it's something that's really bothered me, and I know it's bothered you, and you've done a lot of research into it. So I thought it'd be a good place to start um, talking about the Bible, because that is the foundation of our of 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 all that we believe. It's the Word of God. We believe it's the holy, inerrant Word of God. But when you say it's an errant Word of God, you are implicitly stating that you believe there's no mistakes or errors. And yet this week I had a conversation with somebody who believes that there are parts of the Bible that were not in the original. Like, like what? So like Mark 16, for example. And Mark 16 is the, the chapter that talks about these are the signs that follow those who believe. Okay, so I, I know that scripture very well. But why did you talk about that scripture? Like Mark 16 says, these are the signs of followers that believe in, in, in my name, they'll cast out demons, they'll speak in new tongues, etc., etc. They'll lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. How did that come about? Why did you ask that question? Because I noticed that people who discount that section of scripture and other things like prayer and fasting, they discount the power of God in terms of miracle working signs and wonders today. They will say that uh, the, the miracles of God ceased. There's a, they call it a cessationist thinking. And that anybody who walks around praying for people for healing, uh, believing that, that the Lord will do it, um, is, is, is out of order and not in line with Scripture. And the same as prophetic ministry, same as... Uh, uh, pro- yeah, prophetic signs and wonders. I, I probably a lot of the fivefold ministry. The only one they really will believe is pastoring and teaching, and evangelizing to some extent. But evangelism with no signs and wonders, like the early church. And so I, I ended up questioning. Well, um, which 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 scripture do you follow? Which source text? And turns out that this these this particular group of people actually don't support the scriptures that have Mark 16, 16 in it, Mark 16. Okay, okay, I, okay, I get that. And and I think that's one of the things that frustrated me when I came to the Lord. Um, I was so excited and I came to a, a believer once and said to them, must I slow down? Slow down a little. People don't know you as well as I do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll speak slowly. No, so... One of the things that frustrated you, yeah. Yeah, you one came. of the things that frustrated me was when I came to somebody and I, and I asked them the question, um, the scriptures, Yeshua very clearly says to his disciples, these are the signs that follow those that believe. This is when he was resurrected, mm-hmm. right? These are the signs that follow those that believe. When he made that statement, it was, it was before he ascended, his final ascension into heaven. And he also made a statement in Matthew, it talks about that, he says, um, he makes a statement saying, teach them all the things that I've taught you. Teach carefully to observe all the things that I taught you. So therefore, the next generation will teach the same things that Yeshua taught, and so forth, and so on, until we get to where we are today. That would be the most sense. So if he taught them to go take authority, the next ge- they teach the next generation, and so on. Yeah, until where we are today, and we should be teaching the same thing. Correct. But then what we hear is from, from people saying, well, no, no, that passage from Mark 16 from verse 9 to 20 is not in the original. And so that that got me on a journey to find out, okay, is it in or is it out? Because it's very important. Because if it is in, then this is a bad. Why did they do this? And if it's out, then why am I preaching it? Why am I teaching it? 
Because a lot of footnotes in the Bibles make a statement, something like, this is not in earlier manuscripts. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so therefore, is or isn't it? And there's two... So, is that the same thing that you're thinking yeah, about? Yeah, and I, I mean, John 8 would be another one. The woman caught in adultery, which is a, a famous... Uh, parable or story that it, not no parable sorry it's a famous event many people know about many preachers preach on it but that is supposedly excluded um, there are other scriptures one of my favorite is Romans 1 uh, where it says uh, there's no condemnation to yep. those who walk according to the the, the Romans 8 1 sorry Romans 8 verse 1 yeah mm-hmm. one of my favorite scriptures and 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 people will, will ignore uh, and say, well, that's not in the in the original, and so it frustrates me because even Muslims will use the argument, oh, none of you can even agree. So, give me a little perspective of where the origination of the scriptures, the text, the the source text that eliminates those particular scriptures. Okay, so firstly, I know you <laughs> you, you said that Muslims would say. Now, let me be clear: if Muslims were um, their text was scrutinized as much as the Bible's source text was scrutinized, it wouldn't even stand up. Because the Bible is the most scrutinized text throughout history. And it's the most accurate text throughout history. And not because of, I believe that, no, based on scientific mythology of how to calculate uh, reliability. reliability of texts. But that's a separate topic. Okay. So let's talk about the different texts. There's two there's two main source texts for the New Testament, which is the, the a, a Greek, coin Greek. The one is called the received text, or Textus Receptus, and that is in the 1600, done by Erasmus. And what Erasmus used at that time, he used source text was um, from the 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th century. So it was earlier than his text. He took them, he compiled them into one called the received text. Now, the received text... Over that century, there was a number of people that um, uh, revised it, updated a few things. And that's why you'll hear of about there's three or four, five uh, re- uh, received texts, depending on who you, who you talk to and where you go to. But the reality is that the, the differences between them is minor compared to the differences within the critical text. So the critical text is not just one text. There's the critical text from Westcott and Hort. There's the, the critical text of Anand, Aland, there's Tissendorf, and there's another, there's another two more. And they themselves have disagreements within them. So the point isn't necessarily, oh, I want to, there's an error here, there's an error here, there's a word missing here, there's a sentence missing here, there's a line missing here. The, the key what we should be asking is, is Mark 16, is it in the original yes or or no. Okay, so now you've explained the received text compiled by Erasmus in the 16th century using different source texts in the Koine Greek, putting them together, and there were a few other people who did it. Is that Beza and, uh, and, and Steph- Stephanus? Erasmus, so, you have... Um, yeah, okay, a few of the them. Main, those okay. are the main ones. So that's the received text, which is based on many fragments which is also based on, which is quoted by early church fathers. Well, it's based on predominantly seven or eight texts. Some people say it's more. Um, and by the way, that text was reliable in those days. Um, they had it in their libraries for a hundred and something years. Um, before, 
they knew about it. And so, and those texts were copies of other texts, but those were the ones that were still um, available for them to and is, use. And that's okay. what King James used when in King his chant of 1611. Yeah, King James used a, some of Beza, and he used some of Stephanus, and some of Erasmus. So okay. King James is not just one of the received texts. It's, and when we talk about received text, it is the compilation of those texts and, and, and the uh, compilation of those, those texts that existed from Prior the 11th to century to the 15th century, 14th century. Which are all based on pr uh, the texts. Prior to that yes. point. Okay. So now the critical text. Now the critical text is really, when people say this is a new text, firstly, you need to understand something. It's a lie. Okay, just like the re the received text is a a 1600 text, okay, source text, the critical text is a 19th century text. What do you mean by that? Well, it's a compilation of three main texts. It's the Alexandrian text from now, Alexandria in Alexandria, Egypt. And just from, when I say Alexandrian text, I want you to think about the agnostics during that time. It's the same during the same time period. And this text is about 400 and something AD. Okay? This is the only legitimate old text. Of the compilation of, those of main the received, three. I mean of the critical text. Of the critical text. Then you have the, um, the uh, Vaticanus. The Vaticanus was, was apparently in the Vatican since the 16th century. That's when it was they found it. And it only came to light... In the 19th century. Oh, so they kept it hidden, supposedly. Suppose, there are no reason to bring it out. That was the kind of message. Now, depends on who you talk to. Now, I wasn't around during this time. You need to understand that, right? You weren't? No. Oh. Funny <laughs> enough. And then you have the, the Sinaiticus. Now, the Sinaiticus, no, I don't know how to pronounce it that well, but this text was in the 19th century. It was discovered in St. Catherine's by a guy by the name of Tissendorf. St. Catherine's is a monastery up in the mountains of Mount Sinai. That's yeah. how you get the name Sinaiticus. Sinaiticus. Yeah. So he... Yes, you know about this stuff, right? Well, you've taught me a little bit over the years. Okay. But you are the expert, so... <laughs> well, let me be clear. The only reason why I, I looked into this is because of... Uh, I love the, the words of Yeshua. I love his words. And it's not very easy... To let three texts just to disregard and dismiss my Lord's words. And then I don't care if a person is a seminary professor or so-called expert. Okay? We need to find out, is it in or isn't it in? Mm -hmm. And don't tell me because of the sinaiticus. So then I looked at, we looked at the sinaiticus. Now, the sinaiticus. Sinaiticus. Okay. That, mm -hmm. that, that one. That one. That one. That was compiled by a guy by the name of Simonides. And if you did your homework and you actually looked at the controversy around this, it was disregarded. Just like many things today, they call it a conspiracy theory. And then many years later, you find that actually it was true. Now, Simonides, what he said was, he said he was the one that compiled it in St. Catherine's, and he did it for his uncle. So he was writing it in Coin Greek, and he was using parchments, old parchments. So when Tissendorf found it, he thought, oh, those were old. It was a old new, coin. I found a new text. And it was in the, in the dustbin. Uh, in the, Garbage, it was, yeah. I think it had been burnt or something by the, 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 the monks there. And they said, what are you doing? And, and when Simonides saw this thing being um, advertised, that, oh, this is a found this new text, he goes, hey, by the way, 
This is text I. This is my text. I'm busy compiling it. I haven't finished it. That's why I had notes in the margins, and I was making some changes. And the Tissendorf said no because they already started the, the, the journey. The Catholic Church already supported and sponsored it. Then they brought out the Sinaiticus of uh, Vaticanus to support the Sinaiticus, uh, the Vaticanus to support the, the text. And then uh, when they brought them out, they realized actually the Vaticanus, the Sinaiticus, and the Alexandrian texts, they all differ a lot from each other. Now, I'm not talking about, when I say differ, I'm not saying, oh, they're missing a piece here because of aging of the paper. And No, it, it finished a, 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 a passage and it went on to the next one. You know, it's not like... You mean halfway through? It's not like it's missing. You say, oh, well, it's because of aging, therefore half the passage is gone. No, it was actually blatant errors in the actual copying of it. And so these, these, these two guys, um, Westcott and Hort, they got together and they decided to compile. They're going to compile these three texts. These, they call it the ancient texts. And they go and they say, these texts are 350 AD. That's a lie. Okay. They ignored Simonides. He had a court case, number of court cases. They ignored it. They put it underneath the... They shoved it aside, hid it away. Just like Satan, he's the prince of the air, trying to cover it, cover it, saying, Doesn't, no, don't listen to him. And what Satan's job is, he wants to discredit the word of God. Of course. And so especially powerful passages. So he, so now in the the compilation of it, the compilation is missing about 3,000 to over 3,000 Greek words. How did they decide which they were going to keep in and which they weren't? They had various means. If you look at it, to be honest with you, it's I, I don't even understand how they did that. Okay, so so at best bottom it's a commentary. Is, well, bottom line is 3,000 Greek words are missing. Close to 3,000. And it'll be Mark 16, it'll be um, John 8. There's do not, this comes up by prayer and fasting, another one. The scripture says in Revelation, whoever adds or takes away from this will be added and taken, the curse will be taken away from him. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about this. Mm-hmm. Like imagine book of Revelation being things being added and taken away, just like the 19th century, what the implications will be. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now you have, that's how the text was compiled. And then it has this, the the arrogance and the audacity to say this is the not in the so if it's not in the critical text that they compiled they say it is not in early manuscripts I'm thinking what do you mean you compiled it in the 19th century it's not based on the Sinaiticus it's not based on the Vaticanus it's not based on the Alexandrian text and by the way the Sinaiticus and the Vaticanus is not even old manuscripts mm-hmm. and, and for me it's also very fascinating that it comes out of the blue it just, it, just, it just shows up. Yeah, and you know, what's interesting is, I know some people like to use the terminology conspiracy theorist. I like to use the word confirmation thinker because if you had to put into perspective what would be the motivation of the enemy to suddenly and randomly bring up this newly found text, eliminate key... Uh, scriptures, because if you look at the scriptures that are eliminated, it does take a lot of power away from Christians. And you think he, John ten ten, Jesus said, Yeshua said, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. 
I have come that they may have life more abundantly. And you look at the progression of how the, the critical text was then adopted by the, the Catholics, the American Bible Society, introduced to all the seminaries, now purported to be the Word of God. And we've had many arguments with many uh, pastors who all say, this is the Word of God. Where did they hear it? from their professors who heard it from their professors and so these parts are missing and when I had a conversation this last week with someone who's from uh, a certain denomination I don't want to call out denominations they told me no Mark 16 is not in it therefore I cannot base my doctrine of laying hands on the sick speaking in new, in tongues my doctrine is false because Jesus never said it because it's not in earlier manuscripts. And yeah. that's not the inerrant And word. that's the implication and the impact that is that the critical texts um, compiled by these these people on these three texts has had. Mm -hmm. And mo all modern translations are based on the this critical text. They use this as a source text, which is inerrant. The question we have to ask is, are, is Mark 16, um, John 8, Etc. All of are they in earlier are they in the early first few centuries mm -hmm. yes or no mm -hmm. so i'm a simple kind of guy because i find sometimes when you're getting caught up with this seminary kind of um or, or professors they they throw out these words the big phrases and honestly it, 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 it gets very confusing and a lot of people because they have to read so much and they say you know what these guys know more than me i feel inadequate i feel I inadequate i'm going to trust you trust them that's yeah. what satan does yes just like the evolutionists yes. they 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 muddy the water and they say all these convoluted things but when you think rationally you go uh it's like sometimes you feel like the emperor in the new clothes hey man you're naked mm -hmm. same as with this it's mm -hmm. like um hey critical text mm -hmm. uh, actually it is in the early manuscripts by the way even though the fact that the two of your manuscripts are not before the 16th century and so don't go and say that they're, before the, they're not before the 16th century don't and the Alexandrian text the amount of error that's in there and there's error amongst the three of them mm -hmm. mark 16 is in earlier manuscripts so what do you mean well it's not in coin greek okay um but it there are fragments that it's in it's in the Aramaic, prosciutto, and, and we have the prosciutto and the prosciutto. One is the Eastern Church, one is the Western Church. This is Aramaic text, Bibles, that we have copies of around about the 5th and 6th century. Now, we have it. And these 5th and 6th century... Have Mark 16. As Mark 16. And, <clears throat> and when I say Mark 16, I know... Just you say, mean the whole... From just, 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 just so that everybody understands... Um, the numbering of 16 and all that happened around about the, the 17th, 16th, 17th, 18th century. That's when the numbering took place. So when I say that, I'm referring to that passage was included in the prosciutto and the prosciutto. This is, like I said, the, the 5th, 6th century. It was in there. And these were copies of earlier ones, right? Mm -hmm. And it's closer to the time of when the words were spoken. Okay, okay that's, that's number one. So it's in the Aramaic. Number two... The Latin Vulgate includes it. And Latin Vulgate was compiled by Jerome. Well, the, the first Vulgate was actually called the Old Latin Vulgate. That was in 50, um, 150 AD. And then... And was in that one? Oh, well, we don't have a oh, copy you, oh, of it. Oh, we don't have a copy of it. So Jerome goes at the end of the 4th century, and he goes and he translates it from the Greek into, into Latin. Now, in that Latin Vulgate, 
we, I don't have, I don't have comp, sorry I don't have a copy of it I can't see it but all I can use is I can use um, 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 what's his name Wycliffe Wycliffe apparently copied from the Vulgate so therefore if you copied from the Vulgate and it included Mark 16 so it just predates predates so so you have the Latin Vulgate that has it in you have the uh, two Aramaic texts that have it in. These are manuscripts, okay? Full manuscripts. Yeah. Now, when you say full manuscripts, I'm not talking about includes all the books of the Bible because some of the books hadn't included. So, for example, the um, the Prashuta was missing a few of the books because the compilation of the books that we have today... We don't make it too complicated, but the there was... The 360-something um, The final, this final yeah. books that we have. So, what, what I'm saying is Mark 16 is included... John's 8 is included, and some other, and then other passages are also included. Now the question you should ask is, well, okay, is there any other evidence? And the answer is yes. You have early church leaders like Justin Martyr, 2nd century, quoting passages from Mark 16. You have um, Hippo... Lytus. Oh, you know him, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Hippolytus. Hippolytus also quoted... There's others, and then you've got Eusebius, he also quotes things, and he's like 325, I think, something like that, um, AD. He quotes from this text. Um, and so it's definitely in there, and there's also fragments of, in that time period. So when you have all this evidence, in, and then you have supposedly two old manuscripts, which are not old, one is... I believe 100% is from Simonides. He was the one that did it. And and the Catholic Church and, and Tissendorf didn't want to back down. So they doubled down. And actually, because they have more money, they suppressed him. So, so Sinaiticus was a copy that he made for his uncle. Mm -hmm. And it was not old at all. And it had errors in. So now, you have lots of evidence supporting the fact that these texts are in the original. Therefore... It lines with the received text. Right. It doesn't line up with the critical text. The critical text is in error. Mm -hmm. and, and not only is it in the error, it's causing people to doubt the word of God. For the Bible says that faith comes by hearing mm -hmm. and hearing the word of God. Now, if you doubt the word of God, guess what happens? You have doubt about everything else. Yeah, like, but now I also want to say that for those people listening, they're going to say, well, Andre, you are criticizing the pastors or, or criticizing the students of seminary teachers saying well they listen to their seminary and now you're expecting that they must just listen to us and believe us so what i would recommend is i remember we watched a documentary yeah yeah yeah, yeah. which is a good way of looking at the era in the simonides and what other research can people do who are listening to us so that you don't always just take our word for it? Do some research well, yourself. I think I've given enough evidence. Look at those, those books that I refer to. Look at like the, the Prosciutto, the Prosciutto, the Latin Vulgate. Look at things like you're referring to a documentary, amazing documentary called Lamp in the Dark. A Lamp in the Dark. We may, we, we'll, maybe we'll link it on our... I don't know. Yeah. So I I think uh, I know we're getting a little bit too heavy. You know what yes, I'm saying? especially for the first one. But 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 the bottom line is... That based on the research that you've done, and it's not just me. Eh? It's just no. Everybody. I know many yeah. people have, and yeah. I know that the world that there are a lot of divided questions on this topic. But based on your experience and the actual research you've done, plus the manuscript copies that you have in our house, mm -hmm. you would one hundred percent the received text for the New Testament is the 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 inerrant Word of God, and no doubt about any of those scriptures missing. Yeah, and then if you just said to me, 
which of of the received texts is the best right because I know people would say that that was my next question yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know the, the, when you say inerrant um, is there any mistakes in there is like a letter or a, a spelling of a, a name I, I don't know okay I don't 100% know um, I'm believing that that is so but I would say out of all the texts I looked at out of like within the received text they are pretty pretty close okay there's I looked at, at it I saw personally when I looked at all the evidence there was less than 20 things that were somewhat significant for example the, n the name of a city was spelled a little bit different mm -hmm. those kind of things um, there was yes there was a, a word missing here and there here but we're talking about a minor compared to the vast but so majority. your number one recommended New Testament I, I, I love the Stephanus the um, say which one the, um, the fifteen fifty Stephanus. I love this. This fifteen fifty Stephanus. Okay. okay. Which, but if, if for people who could needed to go and buy, they're not going to go and look up the Stephanus. They'd probably look well, for the King James version. Correct. The King James. The, when you say King, which King James now? Yeah, okay, we don't. Need, we're not going to go into this for well, detail. Exactly. But, but the fact is, you get different types of King James. There's three types of uh, authorized King James: sixteen eleven, seventeen sixty nine, eighteen eighteen eighty one, or eighteen seventy three. 1881. Is 1881? Yeah. Uh, 73 years, something else. So you have three main um, things. The, the best one for me, um, uh, and again, is the 1769, and it's also called the Oxford Version, uh, authorized text. Um, now that's based on a mixture of Beza, Stephanus, and Erasmus. It's not just Beza's. And, but if you want, for example, a copy from... Um, the an English version of the Stephanus that will be the the original um, Geneva Bible. It's one of the books that came oh, that to with the pilgrims came across when they left England to come to North America. Yeah, do, do you know what? There were three books that they brought to the U.S. Um, I know two of them. Okay. So oh, actually, I know three. Okay, well, what are they? It's the the Geneva Bible. Okay. Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan, which yep. highly recommended, and the Fox's Book of Martyrs. Yep. Right, Fox's Book of Martyrs. And they use them for what? To teach their children to read. So can you imagine that 250 years ago, that's what children were learning to read? Yep. None of these Jane, Dick and Jane, Cat yep. um, Ate the Rat, yep. Fox's Book of Martyrs and Pilgrim's Progress. How far have we come from that? Anyway, that's another topic for another day. But but, but again, just, just, just to that point, I think the, the only thing I don't... The only thing is about the, the Geneva Bible is it has commentary, it has Calvinistic um, commentary. In oh, it. are we going down the Calvinistic, Arminist, no, Armenian no, 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 route? Not today. Not today. I'm just saying stick to the the Scripture translation, not the mm. um, the the commentary within that. I would say I have a copy upstairs, and it's it's, it's been good to look at. Yes, old things. It's even older than um, the 1611, obviously. Mm -hmm. So older English. Mm -hmm. Now, I know we talked about Mark 16 and John 8. Um, the one scripture verse that really frustrates me when I look at the big difference, which people can go and do their own research and see, is if they look at Romans 8 verse 1. So if we read it from the, uh, if we read from the King James Version, it says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. 
But if you read that verse in in the the New International Version NIV, which is one of the most recommended books. Well, no, actually, recommended versions. seminaries call say the ESV. So if you pull up the ESV, now yeah. ESV, NIV, all that they're based on the same source text, which is the critical text. Okay. And it says there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So what's missing? So it's missing. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Both have that. Mm. And the missing part is who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Oh, that's a big difference. Isn't it? Yeah. So in other words, it actually gives, gives a, a clarification. clarification, like a condition. You have to be walking in the spirit. Yeah. And how do you walk in the spirit and deny your flesh? Through prayer and fasting, which is another verse that is missing in, uh, in, in when Jesus spoke. Well, I didn't say prayer and fasting, right? No, it says, but this doesn't come out by prayer and fasting, but that is a way to walk according to the Spirit instead of walking according well, to the flesh. Well, it says later on, which, which it talks about uh, walking according to the, the Spirit, what that is. It, it says, actually, a person that is against the law of God is an enemy to God and does not walk in the Spirit. And, and people that reject God's law are not walking in the Spirit. They're walking in their flesh. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's for another day too. Mm-hmm. But the, the point is that translation makes a difference. Don't you think? 100%. 100%. think, And that's why you have a lot of confusion over the years is because of this. And not only now do you have confusion, but now you also have a disregard of God's word. And it's easy to easy to bring in doubt. And so the reason that this also made me think about it a lot this week is because there's a young man here in Ontario... He lives an hour west of Ottawa, which is the nation's capital, and in a little town, well, a town called Renfrew. It's not that little, but was this the, the guy you were talking yeah, about? Yeah, his name's Josh Alexander. Okay. Yep. He's seventeen-year-old. He's dual citizen of Canada and and the United States, funnily enough. And in November, the school board decided that transgender students were able to use the female washrooms, and Josh. Had spoke to a few girls who said to him, you know, they don't feel safe. So he decided to stage a protest in protest of the fact that girls are girls, boys are boys, and they should each use their own washroom. Um, and this young man has been suspended from school, and there's a big court case going on because mm-hmm. they believe that he's spreading hate speech. And I was thinking of this, these Bible scriptures and thinking, you know, if we were able to get rid of this concept of Transgender, because that's the enemy again. The enemy is coming in. He wants to steal the definition of what is a, a, a female and what is a male. We know God's creation from the beginning of the book of Genesis. He created them male and female. He but, created but, them. But what difference does it make with the, the passage? None of the scriptures that we're talking about that are missing have those kind of things. Yes, but it does say cast out demons. You will cast oh, out demons. So you're saying that those people that have transgender and stuff they have demons and homosexuals they have demons and we need to cast out the demons I'm saying that there are issues in this world that can be solved if demons were cast out we would not have half the problems mental disorders I mean I do know that some of it can be okay well have you cast out a demon I have have you cast out a demon? Yes. And that's another issue is that there are many Christians who... Well, how do you know you cast out a demon? Because I, I saw the difference before and after and I saw manifestations. I saw manifestations of people as I was praying for them. They manifested and then the demons came out and 
completely healed and set free. Uh, so you say they came out. There's a, there was a. We're going to demons on the first podcast, really, Andre. Okay, okay. We're, we're, but the point was yeah, that yeah. that missing scripture. No, the reason why I bring that up is because you have a lot of people that they talk about demons um, from various leaders. They talk about demons, and they have never cast out a demon. Mm-hmm. They talk about oh, this we don't have to cast out demons anymore. And they are supposedly intellectual and they've got their PhDs and they never cast out demons. But the scripture says these are the signs that follows that believe. In other words, those who do not cast out demons, they are disqualified for sharing and ministering the gospel but of Christ. But if they don't believe that that scripture is in the original, they don't believe exactly. the concept yeah, exactly. of casting yes, out demons. Yes, yes. Even though two-thirds of Jesus' ministry was casting out demons. And he sent his disciples out in Luke 10, 20, yep. 10 verse 20. He said, I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing will by any means hurt you. And that was when he sent the disciples out two by two. And that was before he died on the cross. So that he was giving his disciples authority to cast out demons before he died. How much more after he died now that we have Holy Spirit? I'm getting a little passionate because it frustrates me that that that, that we live in this world where, where the church is essentially robbed of the power of what Christ gave us on the cross through Holy Spirit. So go back to now Josh. So Josh is... Alexander. Uh, Alexander. Yeah. So how is he? What's happening? Well, I, that's, I, I know there's a court case. Well, they, they, he has some freedom-fighting lawyers from Liberty Coalition Canada who are standing on his behalf, who are trying to speak to the school board. He actually went to the school on Monday and he, and he was... He was excluded from some of his classes because he's expressing hate speech. You can listen to more. You can search him up. Amazing young man. I just love the fact that he's standing up. But I also believe if we could just, you know, go in as Christians and take back what the Lord has given us and and, and cast out the the demons of hate, the demons of division, the demons of, 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 of transsexualism and all this garbage... So that was what I was thinking about this week. Wow. You know, back in the day when I was at school, any person that went into a girl's washroom, um, the people took care of it themselves. They didn't go to the court case. They didn't go to the justice system. didn't go to the police. People took care of it themselves. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is because we grew up in South Africa. Sometimes you, do, you couldn't trust the police. Yeah. So, you, so when people start trusting the police... They're going to start taking things into their own hands. Mm-hmm. And things are going to get worse, not only for the people that do that, but also for the people that defend them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, like I always say, uh, the time that we're living now is any worse than the time of Romans, when the Romans were actually um, persecuting the Christians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was any worse. And I know that as... I do. You do look at it, and it does feel like we're... Like Things are pretty bad. I mean, I, I, I was I was saying to you earlier about the the father in Loudoun County in Virginia, whose daughter was raped by a transgender boy in the girls' bathroom, and the school tried to keep it hidden. They didn't speak about it. He was this boy. This boy moved to another school and did it to someone else. The father went into the school board meeting. He was so frustrated because he got a he got a restraining order from going to the school. He went to the school board meeting. He said, my daughter was raped and he was escorted out, arrested. And the court case just said that the father was, was completely in his rights to do what he did. And so that's what's going to happen is when, when you see the law of man uh, transgressing the law of God, Oh, we as Christians need to stand up. That's another topic. Because another topic for another day. But we need to stand up. Yeah, you, especially when the, when the law of man goes against God's law. Yeah. For example, 
Man's law says um, abortion is acceptable. God's law says or not, not kill and, and specific not murder, murder. especially the innocent means mm-hmm. you need to defend the innocent mm-hmm. so so it's very clear in God's word and so when it contradicts God's word guess what God's it. word is above now the question is what do we do that's the question I'm, I'm looking at the time and so yeah I mean one can feel very frustrated with some of the conversations we've had today some of the topics <laughs> we brought up I know myself I get frustrated uh, and think no but I think it's fine I think you know what we as people, we need to be able to talk. Yeah, have right? the conversation. Have the conversation. Think mm-hmm. about it. You know, realize you're not alone. Yeah, and, and we're shooting the breeze. Like we just, we just normal discussion. This is not something that is specifically for the, this podcast. We're just having a normal discussion, and we're recording today's. And we're allowing some people to have a, a, a side, uh, an audience perspective of things you and I talk about. Yes, all the time. Okay, so let's just pray for the folks, and then. Uh, I well, don't we, we didn't get to the question of what do you do about it. Yeah, yeah, what do we do about it? Okay, well, I mean, I know what I do because these things really bother me. Uh, firstly, you know, the, the biggest thing is you need to know the Lord. And you need to know who you are in Christ. Uh, if you don't know the Lord, I think you'll live in frustration and tension and stress and anxiety about, oh, I can't do anything, I can't do anything. So, yeah. what are your well, thoughts? That's my number one My number one thing. I, I would agree. I think um, be founded on the Lord. I think also number two, we need to be, the Bible says, Judge not, lest you be judged. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't say do not judge. Let me be clear. So if that's the case, then all of Paul, all of Peter, all of Yeshua, all his disciples would have been faulty because they all judged many times. Yes, we are to judge with we righteous are to judge, judgment. But the right, it's righteous judgment. And then more specifically, let us take the plank out of our own eye. Let us make sure that we are self-reflecting, checking our own lives out. And then when we've taken out that speck out of our own eye, or the plank, then we can look clearly and we can see and how we can help. That is the objective of, of judging. Now, once you spend time with the Lord and we repent, we seek, then we are able to judge righteously. We are called to judge righteously. Mm-hmm. And then when we judge righteously, the way, everybody's different, right? Mm-hmm. Some people may protest. Some people may go and write letters. Some may, people may do what, whatever. But as long as we're doing it in, in the name of the Lord and we, we, we want to help people, mm-hmm. right? We, wanna, we do unto others as we want done unto ourselves. I think everybody's, like, even though this is for me, okay, I understand this, this is for this guy, Josh, for bad. I don't have that kind of passion inside me going, oh, I want to go and protest. That's not, for me, it's more about sharing the gospel of the Lord globally. To change hearts. To change hearts. Mm-hmm. Because if every person on this street or on this planet didn't abort children, so what? Right? Think about it. So what? You say, well, people will be saved no 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 they won't be saved babies will mm-hmm. be, be not being killed but only one way to be saved and that's through Christ mm-hmm. and let's be clear all of us I don't know if any of us even the people that are hearing will last another 80 years before they die yeah but Andre also that I get frustrated with that argument that says oh we just need to go and preach the gospel preach the gospel preach the gospel because the fact is nobody not people aren't doing that and you have this other group of Christians who sit and say, well, when Jesus comes back, we'll just wait for him. We know things are going to get bad. We're just going to sit here. No, because the Lord is very clear. The, you know, the, uh, what is it? The violent take it by force. The kingdom of God is in word and power and the violent take it by force. Is that what it says? That scripture no, is? No, what? No. Anyway, the point is that 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we are meant to go in and build his kingdom. And so there are things we can do, including discipling people, making sure we're discipling our family members. If you're a mom, um, discipling your children and and, and encouraging your your spouse. If you're a husband, a a man, a father. Focusing on those that are are close to you. In your circle of influence. But at the same time, everybody is built differently. That's right. And so everybody's passions differently, right? So... Not everybody's called to the pulpit. Not everybody's no. called to do crusades. Not everybody's called to street evangelize. That's right. And so we, we do what God has called us to do. So if, if something irritates you or makes you angry, like, for example, what made King David very angry was the fact that Goliath was speaking against God's people, mm-hmm. and God gave him the, the assignment to go and destroy Goliath. If something makes you angry, then maybe God has given you that assignment to go and resolve it. But the point is not doing nothing. That's the key. You do something as the Lord has called you to do. Silence is not acceptable. Yeah. If if you are angry, if it makes you super angry, right? Mm-hmm. If you, there's, there's so much things on this planet that can make you angry. Mm-hmm. Let me be clear. Of course. Pick and choose. And there are some things that make me more angry than makes you angry. Of course. Right? And so vice versa. And you say, well, why are you worried about that? Because we are all made differently. And we are all made to solve different problems. Mm-hmm. But as long as we recognize this thing, this is not. And if we complain, we need to do. What's our family? Our family motto? If you're going to complain, do something about it. Amen. Amen. Right. Okay. okay well, that's uh, really near our time. Yeah, expected that, that, time. That, that went pretty deep and pretty heavy. You know what I'm saying? And pretty quick. I could talk for another hour. But anyway, we we we, we <laughs> won't we won't we'll save it for next week. So we probably should pray. Before we, okay, we can, close it. Yeah, you can close. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you for this time that we've had. Holy Spirit, thank you for your wisdom and your guidance. I pray, Father, for those listening that they chew the hay and spit out of the sticks. If, if we've said anything in error, Lord, I pray that you correct us. And uh, I just pray for the listener right now, Lord, that you'll touch them. Let your fire fall on them right now, Lord. Fill them with your passion and your spirit and give them an idea of what they can do to help bring your kingdom to to this 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 earth lord and we pray this all in the mighty name of yeshua amen 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 okay guys until Thanks next time for listening bye bye